You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. A very warm welcome to one and all to the program Tasawuf and Tazkiyah. Exclusive to Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And alhamdulillah, as always, we are coming to you live from Musalla Yunus, out in Panorama suburbs of Western Cape, alhamdulillah. So, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us opportunity to discuss various different issues with regards to our own self-reformation. And this is so critical because many a time we cannot even see the wrong that we are doing. And if we have a spiritual mentor, a spiritual guide, they will be able to direct us in the correct way, in the correct manner. And there are so many different fitness that are creeping into community, into society, in today's era, in today's times, that many a times people don't even realize that what they are doing is wrong. So, Allah Pak give us all hidayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to become better believers, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us on haq and safeguard us from all types of batil and all types of fitna. So we've been discussing sabr, taken from the beautiful kitab of Hazrat Maulana Dawood Siddhat Sahib Barakatuhu, the noble qualities of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let us take one more type of sabr. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had the Bedouins. Bedouins were very simple Simon people, you know. They would live. And Subhanallah, Allah Pak has allowed me to travel. So till today, there are Bedouins that exist. Till today, there are Bedouins that exist. Not only in Saudi Arabia, that is. I'm talking about in Turkey. You find many, many people, they just are talking out in the in open field. Just put up one, two tents there, and they are living. They cook their food on fire. They are carrying on. They have their little animals, livestock, etc. Take them out for grazing every day. I've seen this in Jordan as well. So many, many places, Bedouin still exists. And they, they came to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanting to ask a question. But the Bedouins, Bichara, they had no manners. They had no tariqah of asking questions, no tariqah of sitting in a program, nothing. You know, they, they are hard people. They don't have all this adab and etiquette and what have you. In very harsh ways, they asked certain questions. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam endures with patience. One Bedouin, he comes to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he yanks Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam by his short. The Sahabi who is narrating this incident says it actually left marks. You could see red marks on Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's Mubarak neck. And then he tells Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam something to the effect that the money in the Baytul Mal doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to your father. Load these camels up. I need some grain. Let somebody come and talk to us like that. Hmm? But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he orders that load his camel with grain. So, people that have been... This is an important topic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress a little bit. 
You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. O you who believe, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remain in the suhbat, in the company of the sadiqeen, the pious, the truthful people. So alhamdulillah, here in South Africa, in many, many parts of the world, UK, Zambia, we are, we are blessed. There are many, many mashayikh and many, many akabirin. However, when we sit in a company, there is certain adab, certain etiquette that needs to be followed. When we were studying in Darul Mazadwal, one of our asatiza, he always used to mention this. Ba adab, ba nasib. Be adab, be nasib. A person who exercises adab and etiquette, he will take benefit. But the one who is void of this, likewise, it will be very hard for that person to receive any benefit. And our Ustaz, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him, he was so strict, so strict, that when you are sitting in the company of your Asatida, do not even sit cross-legged. Sit in the tashahud position, sit with one leg up, you know the sunnats of eating, etc. Sit in that manner. Don't lean against something when talking to these people. Now you find in today's times, and this is because of our weakness, and alhamdulillah, the mashayikh, the akabirin, it doesn't bother them. But it doesn't mean that what we are doing is, is the correct etiquette and the correct adab. So sometimes we go and we sit in front of the mashayikh. Now our cell phone is ringing. The worst part is, you've got a musical ringtone, musical. Look, we are all insan, we can forget to switch our phones off, we can forget to put it on silent, but there is no excuse for keeping a musical ringtone on the cell phone. So now, we are exposing the akabir, the mashayikh, to that filthy, filthy music, that is on our phones. Hmm? Sometimes they will speak up and say, bye, this is not right. And sometimes they will endure with patience and later on, they will bring the topic up. It just depends on the condition of that particular person. They don't want to chase him away also. So we know for a fact that if we go into a doctor's office, we will have to switch our cell phones on to silent or switch them off. If we go into a courtroom, we go into a meeting with lawyers, there is adab and etiquette everywhere. But why is it that when we are with the ulama ikram, the mashayikh particularly, then we fail to follow this adab and etiquette? So that's the first thing, is the cell phone fitna then how we sit in front of them. Some people, they will sit, and I'm going to be very descriptive here, so that we can understand where we are going wrong. So they will sit with their behind on the ground, and their two legs parched up, and you're holding your legs. This is not a very respectful way of sitting in front of the mashayikh in front of the akabirin. As your, you know, as you age, your knees begin to pain, your back begins to pain, but no problem. Sit in tashawud few minutes, change your posture, put one leg up, put one leg down, one leg up, one leg down, like that there. And if you endure that, your simple endurance, that ya Allah, I'm doing this because this is your chosen banda. This is your friend. I'm doing this because, Ya Allah, I respect him for his connection with you, Ya Allah. 
How much won't Allah open up the doors of benefit for us? Hmm? Some people, they will be even chewing bubblegum while talking to the mashayikh, <laughs> chewing like a cow. So, adab and etiquette, even how we speak to them. You know, the mashayikh, one of our asatida, Hazrat Maulana Hassan Dokrat Sab, Damad Barakatuhu, is running a Darululum there in Robert Shem. So, Alhamdulillah, Maulana is now senior. Allah pa grant him sihat, Allah pa grant him afiat. But from Madrasa days, and I'm talking in the early, in the, in, in, in the mid 90s, so you can imagine how much younger Molana was at that time. Molana had always a very jovial character. You know, Molisab, as urban students will tell you, Molisab, he call you Molisab. In fact, as Molana once taught us one kitab called Safinatul Bulaha, the ship of eloquence. That's a very difficult kitab, very, very difficult kitab. Students of Darulum will tell you, you know, it's got to do with different, different things, but very, very difficult kitab. So before the examination, our class got together and we went to Hazrat Maulana's house. He said, Maulana, you know, Parcha is coming out now, tomorrow exam. We're in a problem here because this kitab is very difficult. So very lovingly, very jokingly, Mulana said, listen, if you Safinatul Bulaga, the ship of eloquence, if you don't have your life jackets, you're all gonna drown. <laughs> so this is Mulana. And sometimes when you're sitting with Hazrat Mulana, and you go and meet with him, you're sitting with him, he's very jovial, you know. Sometimes in Madrasa you did something naughty, you did something wrong. Molana, mashallah, his mind is very tense, it's very sharp. So lovingly, jokingly, he sometimes say, hey, you remember. <laughs> and subhanallah, amongst our sati, sometimes when we are meeting, our colleagues, when we are meeting with Molana, we always say to each other, that we have to always remind ourselves that this is our ustaz and not our friend. There's a line that we have to keep there of adab and respect when we are talking to Hazrat Maulana. But this is the tawazo. It's another quality that we'll talk about, that the, the humility of the mashayikh. They will never ever complain. They will never ever flinch. They will never ever Sometimes they won't even make ishara that what you are doing is against the rules of etiquette. But now we are aqalman. Allah Pak has given us some aqal, some brains. We must start using these brains. You are sitting in the sohbat, in the company of great, great awliya, friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people that have the manifat of Allah ta'ala. We show so much of respect. You know, it's ajeeb, and again, I'm probably going to digress, but so many of these politicians, so many of the politicians who hold Muslim names, Allah Pak knows best what is in their hearts. Now, they attend some dinner, some gathering in the masjid, etc. Your Excellency, huh? Your Excellency. How we address them? Suit, boot, tie, everything, handud, maskalander, kachumar, everything will, huh? Sometimes it's a female politician. Now, Zubillah, take out our hand and shake hands with them. But they are holding Muslim names. I'm not even talking about the kuffar. So, 
We address them with so much of adab, so much of respect. You sit in a particular way. Huh? You will not stretch your legs out and start playing with your phone while they are talking. You give them your full attention. But the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are the ultimate, they are the ones that are going to take us to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the ones who are going to create our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then with them, just bear takalluf. You know, no formality whatsoever. You're sitting, you're leaning on a wall, your legs are stretched out towards them. It doesn't bother us. It doesn't bother us. And wallahi, if people are not going to talk about this here, it's only going to become worse. What, are, what reflection, what education are we giving our children? I'm not saying you must fear the ulama. No, there mustn't be fear. Because if there's fear, then there's another extreme. How are you going to approach the ulama to discuss problems? Person may be having a zina problem, person may be having a... No, so there mustn't be fear. But there must be adab and etiquette that whom am I sitting in front of? Who is this person? Azzajim Mawla Masihullah Khan Sahib Rahmatullah he always used to say this. Hazrat Shah Hakim Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah he too would say this. Itar walo se itar milte hai. Aam walo se aam milte hai. Allah wala se Allah milte hai. From the person selling perfume in the shop, what are you going to buy? You'll buy perfume. Mango season is out now. You go to the fruit shop. What are you going to get? You're going to get fruit. But if you go in front of the Allah wala, the one who, whose connection is bonded with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is going to introduce you to Allah. He is going to create a connection in your heart with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So your adab and your etiquette, how you talk to them. Huh? Today's times also, so many people, Allah Pak forgive us, and Allah Pak keep us on the right path, but we have this filthy habit of smoking. In front of the ulama, in front of the akabirin, no problem, light escape. Where's the adab? Where's the respect? Ba adab, ba nasib. Be adab, be nasib. Person who has adab and, and etiquette, that person is going to benefit. Hmm? So we must ask our ulama, ask, we have all, all of us, we are connected to some, some masjid, Go and sit with your Imam Sahib and ask him that, Molana, teach me when I meet the Akabirin, how should I sit, how should I talk, how should I behave, in what fashion do I present in front of them? Gee, khair, we move on. Sometimes we get upset when children are making noise in the masjid, messing around, somebody that doesn't park properly, somebody doing this, somebody doing that. Look, all these things, we're not saying that it is right. But sometimes our behavior goes to another extreme. I remember many, many years ago, that time I was still Imam Masjid Falah in Mayfair. So, I used to come very, very early for Isha Salah. Go over your door, you're reading Tarawih, etc. So those of you that are aware, you know that there is boom gates there, controlled access. Huh? So I seen one Muslim driver, 
pull up to the boom gate and you know you don't have the, the, the security has to open that boom gate for you so the security took a little bit time not long but a little bit of time more than the, 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 the expected time to release that boom gate and open it it's Ramadan so this Bichara in the vehicle, he may have had a very bad day, tough day of fasting, whatever it was, but again, no excuse. So opens up the window and there FNB, not the bank, the other one, the bad one. Both are bad, but this one verbally. Hmm? He starts swearing and shouting and screaming. So I was coming through and I see this whole commotion and he wants to get out of the car and he wants to, you know, go at it with the security. So I was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. Normally I would come through those boom gates. I made one U-turn, went round the thing there and entered from the other gate. But I'm saying, we get sometimes, now, Allah Jane, why that security took his time in opening, maybe he was on the radio with his boss, whether it's a valid excuse or not a valid excuse. We don't have an excuse to use such language. In the month of Ramadan, that security is not, not a Muslim. Are we not supposed to be showing good akhlaq? You see, the problem is we preach one thing and we practice another. We will preach one thing, all of us, I'm speaking now general, ulama, non-ulama, sometimes we will preach one thing and we practice another thing. We all say how important it is to have good akhlaq. But sometimes that good akhlaq is only shown to somebody who has status in our eyes. In Allah's eyes, the only person who has status in Allah Ta'ala la yanzuru ila suwarikum wa la ila amwalikum wa la ki yanzuru ila qulubikum wa amalikum. Status in the eyes of Allah is what's in the heart, what actions you are performing. Not your wealth, not your appearance. Our weakness that now somebody that is status, some politician, some businessman, some mutawalli, some this, some that, that is the ones that we are showing the izzat and the honor to. We get angry over stupid things, stupid, stupid things sometimes. Children are children. Sometimes, I know when I was a child, tarawi time, how much masti I would make. And I'm sure most of you that are listening, the men folk, would also make some musti when you were small. The children are children. Allah give us understanding. You know, zamana and the times have gone so bad, so bad, that if we're not going to speak about these things, we are just going to fall into a greater degeneration. And we are going to be, you know, Ya Rabb, sometimes we can't even tolerate, tolerate, I'm saying, in the masjid, and especially Ramadan time. Now, yes, it's wrong, it's be'adab to burp in namaz and that's why you must watch your diet also in Ramadan. But sometimes it happens. Now the person next to you, he starts screaming in the middle of the taraweeh. You disrupt the whole environment of the masjid. I'm not saying what that person did was right. But there's a way of handling things. There's a way of handling things. Even children, I fear for them. 
Sometimes they come to the masjid, little bit musty, etc. I used to, in Fala, I used to tell them, the one stage there was this thing, the youngsters used to play marbles. <laughs> Tarawih is going on, and they were playing marbles. You can hear it, you know, They're knocking the marbles. So the Musallis, they used to get very uptight about it. So one day, I feared, you know, somebody is going to go hit that child and that parent is going to come and hit that father. Big thing, unnecessary. So I remember the one year also, they were playing marbles, the children in Tarawi, Imam Sabot, so the other Imam, his concentration was going and all of these things were happening. So I stood up and after the two rakats, four rakats, whatever it was, I stood up and I said, children, come. Took them all upstairs. Upstairs had these glass doors. Closed the door. I said, now you're playing here, no problem. You're playing here. And don't play in the masjid. This is out of the masjid, upstairs. You'll go and play there. Go play your marbles, no problem. So, you know, Allah Pak must really give us full understanding, adab and etiquette. We will discuss that in one of the sifat and qualities of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But this, all this just came to mind. Allah put it in my heart. So I mentioned what I have said. Inshallah, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue on the sifat of sabr. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to our program of Tasawwuf, Tazkiyah and Self-Reformation. So we've been discussing various aspects with regards to sabr and patience and also Allah Pak allowed for us to diverse slightly into the topic of adab and etiquette particularly when it comes to sitting in front of our mashayikh, our akabirin, and the type of respect that we need to afford to these pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But nevertheless, let us now continue on this topic of sabr. And there's some very, very great and beautiful examples that Hazrat Mullah Dawud Sardam al-Barakatuh has brought about when it comes to sabr, in ta'aleem and tarbiyat. Let's understand it from this example. A person comes and begins, this was a Bedouin also, Bedouins now, they just do whatever, you know, because they are living not in homes, they are living out in the bush, they are living out in the desert, they don't have proper facilities, they don't have you know, mashallah, Lapak has given us, you've got a kitchen, you've got a dining room, you've got bedrooms. So each one is specific for its own purpose. Hmm? Sometimes you even got several uh, dining rooms, several lounges, etc. But anyway, topic for another day. So this Bedouin comes and he begins urinating in the masjid. This is... Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So sahaba radhiwanullahi ta'ala alayhi majma'in see this and they become very, very upset. So much so that they want to unleash their swords on this person. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sees the situation and he says, leave him. Let him finish what he is doing. There's hikmat in there. If you are going to shout at him now, and if you are going to move him, then what is going to happen? Now that he has started what he is doing, he can't stop himself. See, we all know that the person starts urinating and abruptly it is stopped. It causes a lot of pain, a lot of taklif. So Allah Pak has designed it such that once a person starts relieving himself, then that procedure must continue. 
Sometimes it's very hard to even stop it at that time. So now if you're going to move this person, so what is going to happen? Is that that najasat, that urine, is going to go, now it's in one corner. That is where he is relieving himself. But you're going to move him, he's going to splash everywhere, on people's kurtas, clothing, body, on the walls, on the floor, so many other places. Hmm? So rather leave him in one spot. After he finished, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam called those sahaba who were getting angry and he told them to clean it. Then he called him and he taught him. He said, this is a masjid, the house of Allah Ta'ala. This is not a place where we do these type of things. That sahabi says, that more soft, more loving a teacher he never came across. So this again is a lesson for us in ta'aleem and tarbiyat. Yes, there are times when we need to be direct, forceful, but many times it demands for us to rather be, have a soft approach, have uh, an approach of sabr, of patience, perseverance. Hmm? So, to teach the community very slowly. Now, you see a person, he is coming to the masjid, for instance, with two lens hair. We all know that our deen prohibits this. Now you go to that person and you tell him, listen, bottom part of your head is in Jahannam. That person don't even know what you're talking about and he'll get frightened. He'll get frightened. He say, what kind of person? This person already telling me half my head is in Jahannam, the other half, don't know where it is. So what will happen? That person will no longer come to the masjid. Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Padal Sahib Rahmatullah one occasion person entered the masjid like this here, two lens hair, earring, chains, this, that. He went, he sat down next to this person. He greeted him, shook his hand. How are you, bhai? Nothing about all of this here. Showed him so much of love that now when you make the correction, the heart is open to taking that correction. Otherwise, we just close the door and it becomes very difficult, very, very difficult in a situation like that there to, for a person to be accepting of that tarbiyat. Hmm? One sahabi, he comes to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he says, I want permission to commit zina, adultery. Now imagine if a person had to come to us, what we will say? La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. What kind of person you are? Don't you have any shame? But now this person was open. He is coming to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and now look at the tarbiyat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam puts his Mubarak hands on that Sahabi's chest and he says that would you like if somebody commits zina with your mother? He says, no, I wouldn't like that. Someone commits zina with your sister, your wife, daughter. So that is somebody's wife, somebody's mother, somebody's daughter. And then the mu'jiza, the miracle took place. That sahabi, many, many years later, he would say, up until now, I can still feel the coolness of the palm of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam on my chest. From that day till now, 
even the thought of zina didn't come to my mind. Subhanallah. So this is ta'aleem. Sabr in ta'aleem. Sabr in tarbiyat. And as parents, we also need to learn this. You know, this generation is a very difficult generation. When we grew up, we did something wrong, champal would come out for us. A villain would come out for us. Eh? One tapak would reach us. This nation, this generation, they become more stubborn. They start back chatting. And in fact, sometimes we are the result of them committing more gunas. So we have to be very tactful. I'm not saying we must tolerate uh, guna and sin taking place in the home, but we must be very tactful in how we are dealing with our own children's tarbiyat also. We must create an open relationship whereby the child can even come and talk to us. They mustn't have fear. Yes, respect is one thing, but they mustn't have fear. They must be able to come, talk to the mother, talk to the father. So in ta'aleem and tarbiyat, in every aspect, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had sabr. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go to the house of Hazrat Fatima and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. That tahajjud member we talk about when we go to Medina Sharif, in front of that was the house of Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go there and wake them up for tahajjud salah. We read in the riwayat what they would tell him. He was waking them up for tahajjud, but Nabi sallallahu you know, when you're young, when you're young, our children, we wake them up. Forget tahajjud namaz. Dur ki baat hai. Talking now, Fajr namaz, you try to wake your teenage son, teenage daughter up. How angry they get with us. Sometimes they'll kick us, sometimes they'll pull the blanket, sometimes they'll shove us. Hmm? Now, if we are going to get angry at that time and upset, and look at this child, look how he's treating me, but the child don't know nothing. The child don't know nothing, you know. He's going off the topic now. One of my daughters make dua for her. She's got this habit of sleepwalking. So, <laughs> eyes are open, everything, mashallah, she'll start marching, middle of the night. She go here, she go there, she go fight with the cupboard there, one side. So her siblings, sometimes, sometimes she fakes, you know, she's a small child still now, seven years old. So sometimes she make like she's sleeping and she get up and she start, and then the other ones say, hey, that one is sleepwalking, you know, they get very scared. Think like, you know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the next day when I tell her that, Poppy, this is what you did last, she has no recollection of it, absolutely nothing. So the same thing, if we are waking up our children and they get a little bit aggressive or forceful with us, then later on during the day, if you tell them that by, you know, I woke you up to give me one hot clap, they'll take a hundred customs that they didn't do that. And in their minds, 100% they would never do that. How me, I'm going to clap my father? Swear my mother? No, I can't do that. So we have to also, you know, I'm not saying we must be so soft. Now you wake the child up, he pushes you, and then you say, hey, chordo, bhai. I'm not going to wake this child up. We have to be persistent. 
We have to be persistent, but with sabr, with sabr. And especially when we got these teenage children in our houses at the time of Fajr Namaz. Because that child can sleep even eight o'clock. And Fajr can be six o'clock. Now you think to yourself, you got a full, how many hours? 19, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Full 10 hours sleep. By these teenagers, they can sleep for 24 hours also. That too is not enough for them. It's not enough for them. So we have to, as parents, we have to exercise this quality and we make dua that Allah gives us the tawfiq that we adopt the quality of sabr in every aspect, in every walk of our lives. As-sabru ala ta'a, as-sabru anil ma'asiyah. There are so many different types of sabr. We've only discussed some. But sabr in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sabr against the ma'asiyat and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are all different, different qualities. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us full understanding. We need to make that conservative and concertive effort to bring these qualities. You know, there are so many stories. One occasion, there was this elderly man in Makkah Mukarramah in the early days of Islam. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he is making announcement, Qulu la ilaha illallah tuflihun. Say la ilaha illallah, Allah will grant you success. So, the people of Makkah Mukarramah, all their lives, they were making budparasti. They were worshipping Lat, Uzza, 360 idols in and around Baytullah. So when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started calling towards the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, then obviously split had taken place. This is what we must also remember. If there is a split in any community, but it is on haq, obviously we must try to keep united, but if it is on haq, then there's nothing to worry about. But today we split on batil. That's the problem. But anyway, so this elderly person, he, in his mind, he got fed up. That, you know, I can't carry on like this here, this split and what have you. So he packs his bags, whatever little saman, goods he has, and now he is leaving Makkah Mukarramah, he's fed up. So as he's leaving, one man sees him. And you know, he was elderly, so he's fuming and he's walking and hot and carrying bags. So this man goes and he offers to carry the bags of this man to accompany him. And as they are walking, this elderly man is only speaking bad about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad na'udhu billah split the community. Muhammad is taking us away from the religion of our forefathers. He's calling towards the one deity, one new deity. One way he's talking. And this man that is with him, he's listening. He's listening quietly. This old man is, you know, going on and on and on fuming. And after they walked a long time in this desert sun, he came to one place where there was a tree. So the old man said, right, I'll take a little rest here and then I'll carry on my journey. So they go under the shade of the tree. The young man, he like prepares his 
seat for him so that he's comfortable, he's relaxed, he is, you know. And then this old man looks at this young man and he says, you know, it's two, three hours, four hours now, you're a stranger to me, I don't know who you are. But this whole time, I've been yakking away, I've been talking and I've been speaking and opening my heart to you about Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and how I feel of him and how he's... But I, I didn't even get the chance to ask you that, what is your name? So this young man smiles at the old man and he says, I am that very Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you are talking about. Subhanallah. Huh? How much sabr? Five, six hours of hearing people talking. Today people say one small thing about us. We're up in arms. We're up in arms. In fact, we won't even let them carry on. And we show them. But because of the sabr and because of the soft nature, because of rahmatul lil alameen, a mercy unto all creation. This became a zariya and a means of hidayah that old man was so emotionally struck by what he had experienced that he was left with no choice. But he said, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu annaka Muhammad rasulullah Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam sabr for that five, six hours in the sun carrying those bags and the heat and all the abuse that he had to listen to became a means of hidayat and that person became sahabi and was saved from the fire of Jahannam eternally. So now we must also think to ourselves a problem with us is egos. Somebody say one thing, we need to multiply ten times and, 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 and show them who's the boss, who is bigger. And I'm talking about my own self here. We can't stomach it. Why? Because it's always about me, myself and I. Nobody must say anything that bolters my ego. I'm not saying we must put ourselves in any position where our reputation is tarnished. No, that is something totally separate. We must abstain and refrain and, 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 and do our best that our reputation stays clean. But sometimes, and especially if you are in the khidmat of deen, people love to criticize. They love it. So much of joy in it. Person that doing good, they love to criticize. But again, whatever we are doing, in our eyes, it may seem good, but we may also be transgressing the boundaries of the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what I'm saying ultimately is that we must always check that what am I doing, is it right? You see, right now, every day I see this here. This is happening for Palestine, that is happening for Gaza, that is happening for Palestine. But 99.9% .9 of the time, those things that we are doing for Palestine is attracting the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are having lemonade parties intermingling. We are having marches party. We are having guests that are even coming from Gaza and from Palestine, but television is taking place, live feed is taking place, Photography is taking place all in the name of Gaza. We are having people, females, 
coming in the masjid in the house of Allah, addressing men folk in the name of Gaza. So, you have to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. I always say, but if you can't do something that is within the boundaries of Sharia, rather don't do. Rather don't do. Sit at home, make dua, your dua is better than you doing something wrong, earning Allah Pak's wrath and anger. Then you rather sit at home. You rather not do anything. Sit at home, make dua. Don't be an activist. Don't be, you know, people say we mustn't be silenced about Palestine. Yes, you mustn't be silenced. But sometimes silence is golden. Keep quiet rather. Because the moment we open our mouths, we get involved in some fitna. We get involved in some guna. Now, how is that? something that must be condoned in community. No, we have to always ultimately look at ourselves and see what is the commandment of my Allah? Am I fulfilling the commandment of my Allah? And only if I am fulfilling that, then I can go ahead. Best way, check with our mashayikh, check with our akabirin. Otherwise, so many things we do, we may not even see the light. Hmm? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all tawfiq. Sabr is a very, very important thing. Very, very important thing. Inshallah, if Allah gives hayati and tawfiq, next week we will look at the topic on generosity. So, very important. Generosity of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah pa grant me tawfiq, Allah pa grant you tawfiq, Allah pa grant the entire ummah tawfiq of making amal. Jazakallah khair for joining us and for listening. And Allah pa give us tawfiq of making amal. And Allah pa reward our mashayikh and our kabirin for sharing this priceless, priceless jewels with us. Fi amanillah. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته